We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And God said he should send his one begotten son to lead the wild into the ways of the man. Follow me. Eat my flesh, flesh of my flesh. Come with me. Hail Mary, run quick, see. What do we have here now? I ain't a killer, but don't push me. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Probably what the Thunder were saying tonight after their big overtime win against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Guys, whew, what a basketball game that was. Welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast, a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. You guys might have noticed that was not our normal postgame podcast intro. However, if you watch the game, you will realize that a Hail Mary by Tupac was very applicable for this game. I am Taylor. If you guys haven't listened before or don't recognize my voice, and thank you guys again for tuning into the uh, the uncontested post game podcast. I'm really excited to be doing this, and I really appreciate you guys tuning in and also for engaging with me on Twitter. Uh, tonight was a lot of fun. I really appreciate you guys following along. Uh, for those of you that were on Twitter and following along while I was tweet- tweeting the game, so speaking of tonight's podcast, we brought to you today by Indochino, which I'll get into here in a little bit. And like I mentioned, the Thunder beat the Minnesota Timberwolves in overtime, 139 to 127. And they are now 9-12 and 12 on the season. And it's kind of funny. You know, I tweeted in the third quarter that outside of Steven Adams and Chris Paul having great games, there was nothing really super exciting that really happened. It was kind of a dull game. Like, in fact, I even tweeted again about how I missed Tommy and his thunderous dunks. <laughs> However, the thunder would then go on to prove me wrong toward the end of the game. But... Before we jump into the game, some quick notes that we received prior to the game starting. Um, earlier this afternoon, it was probably right right after lunchtime, I believe. I could be making that up. But uh, Terrence Ferguson, we learned, would be sitting tonight out with right hip soreness. And obviously, that's uh, not a good thing. 
with how great Terrence has been on defense for this team. That showed early on this game, which I'll get into, uh, but also just for his development in general. So we obviously hope that that is nothing serious because it was even uh, even more detrimental to this team tonight with Homie still being out until I think like mid-December is when he's being uh, reevaluated. I could be making that up as well. But regardless, having both of them out, obviously it was a big deal. But then we got more news. And this was probably around four o'clock, uh, maybe a little later. We learned that Deontay Burton, was suspended for conduct, conduct uh, quote-unquote, detrimental to the team. And then Royston reported further that sources say Burton was involved in a locker room altercation following the Pacers game uh, Wednesday night. And our own Nick Crane at Crane NBA was covering the game for Forbes at the peak on Wednesday. And he personally reported that Schroeder left the bench early and uh, that was obviously confirmed, and there's been some video on Twitter since then uh, confirming that. But then uh, Nick went on to confirm that it was Shooter who he suspected to be the one yelling in the locker room and who he had kind of heard yelling in the locker room. So we're kind of putting two and two together here, and we're going to sprinkle in a little uh, insider information that I won't go into any more detail into. However, <laughs> it can be quote-unquote inferred that Burton and Shooter were the two that got into it after the game. And uh, Burton was suspended because of it. So I'm just going to leave that at that for now so that I can get through the rest of this game because there's so much more uh, pertinent things, I think, to cover here. Regardless, it was upsetting to see Burton have to sit out for that. And fortunately, Shooter had a much better attitude, it seemed like, tonight, both on and off the floor. And by I mean off the floor, I mean the bench. And um, it didn't really seem to be an issue. And Billy kind of tried to kind of breeze over it, I think, pregame when he was questioned about it. So anyways, uh, I will move on as well. Now, on the Timberwolves side, Andrew Wiggins, a proud member of first-team All-NBA Thunderkillers, he was out tonight with a left thumb sprain and did not play. And Cat was actually a game-time decision, but he did play, and he killed the Thunder up until, like, midway through the fourth and into overtime. So a quick rundown of the game before I break into some themes. The first quarter, I mean, it wasn't a whole lot of, like, highlights necessarily, other than there were some early Devin Hall minutes. Um, he didn't really do a whole lot. Those would be the only minutes that he would see due to Lou Dort, which I will get into here in a second when I get to the second quarter. And these would be the only minutes that Hall would see in the entire game. So Billy went with him early and then decided to go away with it because, rightfully so, Lou Dort should be getting those minutes. Into the first, Thunder led 30-27. Extremely balanced scoring effort between the five players who would end up leading the Thunder in scoring, which is another big theme that I will get into here at the, the end of the podcast. However, Towns and Jeff Teague combined for 17 of the Wolves' 27 points, and I mentioned that because that's something that will continue throughout the uh, entirety of the game as I will be covering. So, second quarter, I mentioned Lou Dort. He gets in, and this is important because he would essentially take over the, I call this the Deontay Burton minutes, since Homie's injury, right? So, since Homie's been injured, Deontay Burton has been getting a chunk of minutes, and it seemed like those minutes went to Lou in Deontay's absence, which was, uh, which really makes sense because we, we've talked about how Lou and Deontay are built very similar, but like with Lou having a little more upside, maybe a lot of more upside. <laughs> um, regardless, it, it makes sense why he would get those minutes, and he he proved it when he was out on the floor. So this not only kept Hall off the floor the rest of the game, but it also cut into some of Nader's minutes. Not a lot, but maybe some than what he would have gotten otherwise had Billy not played Lou or Hall, right? So uh, another another point here in the second quarter that I have is that Baisley had a huge coast-to-coast -coast dunk where he anticipated the pass, steals the ball, goes coast-to-coast -coast for a slam. Why am I bringing up a single play from a rookie, right? 
And I say this because I mentioned this in one of my tweets, and I just want to quickly touch on how high I am on Darius Baisley. And you know, I, I mentioned I tweeted this out on the uncontested po- or the uncontested podcast account, but his IQ and his his awareness they're extremely high for a rookie. And I felt this play was a really good example of that. So that's why I'm bringing this up. And I, I see it almost every game. It seems like we're all seeing it almost every game. Basically, he just needs to develop his jumper or his shot. And he has a very fluid stroke. Somebody brought this up to me, and we were tweeting about it a little bit from the uncontested account. And he really does have a very fluid motion. It's just it's finding the confidence and also the consistency, right? And I think he'll be a great player. I really do. And I think he has all the potential in the world. Um, not to say that I think he's going to be some, you know, superstar or all-star, but um, he absolutely has potential to be a fantastic NBA player and a great young piece for this young core moving forward with this franchise. I think he is a kind of player who will take a big leap after an offseason under his belt, just getting that experience in general, kind of like Ferg did after his first year, um, and, and maybe even more so than that, but also having some of these vets being traded at trade deadline. That's going to kind of jumpstart that, right? And even maybe this summer, some of more of the vets that, that stay after the deadline this year, uh, I think they kind of jumpstart that. So anyways, I only mentioned that to say that I really am high on Baisley, and um, I thought that was a really good kind of highlight to to exemplify that. So anyways, the Thunder were down a half, 58 to 53, and that was mainly due to Jeff Teague and Carl Anthony Towns going off and the Thunder only attempting seven three-pointers in the entire half, which is very un- uncharacteristic of this team with guys like Chris Paul and Shea and Dennis and most importantly, probably uh, Gallo, right? So the third quarter happens. At one point in the third, Teague had 24 points, Cat had 19 points, combining for 43 of the Wolves' 76 points. That's not great considering Jeff Teague is probably more washed than Chris Paul and Russell Westbrook, who, um, and with obviously Chris Paul looking really good so far this season, which is really nice. I'm going to knock on wood there. Not much else to report here, honestly, other than this team showed heart yet again. They kept it close, and that gave them a chance heading into this fourth quarter, which was just crazy. Uh, the Thunder go on a 12-2 and run and end up leading 111-103 to with around five minutes to go, I believe. The Thunder scored 17 points in six minutes to open the fourth quarter, held the Wolves to 0-5 from three, which is huge after the Wolves really just kind of torched them from three for the first three quarters. The Wolves go on a 16-4 run. They go up two with 103 left. This game's just going back and forth. Uh, then crazy happens. Shooter misses a layup, which was huge. I personally on the account, and uh, you know Jacob and I were kind of talking about this a little bit. We were really down on Shooter. We felt like he was forcing a lot of shots. He wasn't looking for other players. And this is just so detrimental to the development of our youth, which we've gotten to in previous podcasts and we'll continue to get into in uh, future podcasts. However, all that to say that we were really down on Shooter at this point, right? So he misses this layup. And this is something he would mention post-game, actually, that he misses layup and it really kind of weighed on him. So it's Minnesota's ball. But Billy puts in none other than the leading candidate for the G League MVP Lou Dort, and he gets a huge steal in his first NBA game, which was just awesome. With 14 seconds left, Thunder down two, 121 to 119. Now at this point, and I, I couldn't go back and see this because of course when my dogs hit the uh, button on the remote that I had on the couch, um, turning the channel, so therefore I couldn't rewind, of course. But Steven gets two free throws here, uh, I believe, but he only makes one. And so at this point, CP3, 
who was phenomenal all game, by the way. He misses a shot with 3.9 seconds left. Thunder foul. Cat makes the first free throw. Or wait, no, sorry, he misses the first. But wait, CP3 calls out Jordan Bell for coming in with an untucked, untucked jersey. Refs call a delay of game. Gallo hits a free throw. Thunder are down one. Cat hits his second free throw afterwards. So uh, I believe, yeah, so the uh, Timberwolves were up two at this point. Thunder get the ball out of bounds. Steven Adams throws a hell Mary to Dennis Schroeder to, on the other side of the court. He catches it and scores it for the buzzer over time. Now you all know why I opened with the song Hell Mary by Tupac. <laughs> Rest in peace, Tupac. Also, I need to mention Shooter had a clutch block sometime uh, before this that kept OKC alive as well. Because, again, I really ripped on Shooter tonight. Um, but there's a lot of plays in the clutch that he played really well. So I need to give him credit. Now, I'm not going to go into depth on overtime just because of, for time's sake. However, my beloved, our beloved SGA, he just took over. It was awesome. I'll get into that here in a second. I have that under his his bullet points for, for Shea. Chris Paul and Shrew continue to shine, and the Thunder pulled off a really nice win. Um, now, I get it, and I am also on a kind of pro tank. Obviously, I want the best possible draft pick that the Thunder could get. Um, this upcoming draft, I would love to see them in the top five, and I think that would be huge for the future of this franchise, and that is how this team will be able to sustain long-term success, as Presley talked about in his Wojabod uh, that dropped on Friday, so you guys should go back and listen to that if you have not. Um, all that to say, with all the locker room, right, I shouldn't say all the locker room drama, but the Shooter, De- uh, um, Deontay locker room drama, and um, just how hard these guys work tonight, it was kind of cool. And exciting to see these guys get a win in such a dramatic fashion. I certainly was rooting for it because we still have time, right? Up until trade deadline, essentially, or even December 15th when all these guys are eligible to be traded. Um, it's cool to see these guys, this team, as they are currently constructed, kind of see them get some of these wins. So I obviously have a lot of things for, for tonight's game that I want to try and get through. But first, a word from one of our sponsors. Guys, the holidays are coming up. And, and if you're like me, you are in need of a new suit. Now, I don't know if you guys have seen RJ Barrett's attire coming into his games. Uh, obviously, the Knicks are very hard to, hard to watch right now, particularly, you know, after they fired their head coach and assistant coach and promoted a different assistant coach. However, RJ has been one constant on this team who's looked really decent. Uh, but he has looked good both on and off the court. And off the court, that can be contributed to Indochino, who he's actually partnering, partnering with. So, Indochino's process is simple. You choose your fabric, you pick your customizations, and you submit your measurements. Your package will be delivered straight to your door in two weeks. You can get measured, and you can design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom. Or if you're not close to one, you can do it all yourself online at Indochino.com. Right now, you can get $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering Blue Wire at checkout. Plus, shipping is free. That's Indochino.com promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. You really have no excuse anymore to wear clothing that doesn't fit. So now, for those of you who have listened to my personalized uh, post-game podcast before, it's time for some positives and negatives. Let's dive into them. Negatives. We're going to start with the negatives first, as always. Thunder defense through the first three quarters was absolutely a negative. 
first and foremost, while the Thunder Killer himself, Andrew Wiggins, did not play, um, it was kind of funny. If you guys have ever seen the, the movie Thunderstruck, the awful, awful movie Thunderstruck, I may add, because it was just terrible. It really was. Not because Kevin Durant was in it, honestly, just as much as just how it was constructed and produced. It was just an awful movie. Don't recommend it. Long story short, some kid goes up to Kevin Durant, touches a basketball that Kevin Durant also touches, and gains Kevin Durant's powers. Essentially, it's like a remake of Like Mike. Um, and that is kind of what happened tonight when Andrew Wiggins didn't play. I guess they went back in the locker room, and Andrew Wiggins gave Jeff Teague a pair of his shoes, and Jeff Teague turned into the Thunder Killer himself, Andrew Wiggins. Teague scored 32 points on 12 of 17 shooting. Four of five from three, which is just crazy. And for reference, I looked this up before the podcast. His season high before this was 21 points, and he was averaging 25.6% from three. That's pretty crazy. Also, Carl, Carl Anthony Towns had 30 points, but there's not much you can do there. Uh, honestly, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be able to do that against m- most teams, I think. But we gave 15 points to Covington. We gave 12 to Akoji. 13 to Napier. Obviously, we missed Terrence Ferguson early on. Um, as I mentioned earlier, defense got way better in the fourth quarter, but still, those first three quarters were pretty rough. Three-point shooting was also a huge negative uh, for tonight, even all the way throughout overtime. Thunder only shot 5 of 18 from three. Gallo was only 2 of 9, and then no other player took more than three field goal attempts. Those players were Chris Paul and Shooter, who were both 1 of 3. And for reference, again, the Thunder were shooting 35.4% from three before tonight. So obviously that's a big negative, something that we would like to see improve um, in terms of winning games. But obviously, you know, there's a whole uh, tanking side to that as well. Next negative, and my last negative actually, which is really nice, Abdul Nader. And look, Nader seems like a great guy. Like honestly, he really does. He um, just a great dude. He, he gives Great interviews. I listened to the Down to Dunk one-on-one interview between Andrew Schlecht and him, and he just seems like an awesome down-to-earth guy. All of his teammates always seem to love him. Um, he seems really sharp, really intelligent. He has a good shot, and on occasion he can get hot. And I say all that as a disclaimer because the guy is just, I don't think he's an NBA player. He was 1-3 from the field tonight in 30 minutes. Not great. And maybe he will prove me wrong on a new team in the future and find consistency. And since he is such an awesome dude, or seems like such an awesome guy, I hope that's the case. <laughs> but I'd rather those minutes on this team right now and the current state of the Thunder, I'd rather see those guys uh, th- see those minutes go to our young guys like Baisley, for example. Um, and those shots. I know he didn't take very many shots tonight, but I uh, just over the past couple of games, past couple of months, honestly, I'd love to see some of those shots go to some of the younger guys and get distributed more. Now some positives. Christopher Paul. Season high 30 points, season high 2 blocks, 7 assists, 4 rebounds, trade value skyrocketing, but also I love him on our team. <laughs> he has been super fun to have on this team. He's doing all the right things. Um, you guys need to go and listen to Royce Young's podcast that he did with Ryan Rosillo where he kind of touches on this as well, but it's just really cool to see Chris embracing this role and to see him have such a great game like he did tonight. See that he still has at least something in the tank left over. Um, dare I say more than what Russ has been showing in Houston? hate to say that because you guys know how much I love Russ, but it's true. Maybe we as uh, the Thunder organization trying to rebuild moving forward. Maybe we dodged a bullet there. Um, 
and I say all that because Chris has looked great. I'm going to knock on wood yet again. But, um, I mean, tonight might have been the best that he looked overall this entire season. Per Brandon, uh, I believe it's, it's Raybar of Daily Thunder. Uh, he's the new beat writer for Daily Thunder. He's been putting out some great content, so be sure to go and give him a follow. The last time CP3 scored 30 points was November 2nd, 2018. Chris Paul was everywhere tonight. You know, he was hitting clutch buckets when the offense stalled. He was making incredible passes and great looks, especially down low to Steven. There was a couple that, that kind of stood out to me that got me really excited because that, that's kind of what we were expecting, right, early on um, preseason that we were kind of predicting. And it was really cool to kind of see all that come um, come together as it, as it seems kind of strolled early on, which I'll also get into. But um, he really was doing it all, and it was awesome to see. Which is to my next positive that I just mentioned, Stephen Adams. He continues his hot streak. My man is on fire. He looks healthy. He looks engaged and is super exciting. Uh, tonight, they actually went to him the entirety of the game, or he at least was involved the entirety of the game. If he had started this way to start the season, my preseason prediction of him being an all star might not be so crazy, honestly. Like over the past, what? four-ish, maybe five games. Um, if he had played like this the entirety of the season, I don't think that's too far-fetched. Steven again had 22 points. That's tied for his season high. Had 11 rebounds, four blocks, two steals. He was engaged like defensively. I mean, getting blocks like that, it was just super exciting to see. He's much more mobile than he has been to start the season. It was just all over the place. He looked fantastic on both ends, looked healthy, and he looked active. He was 9 of 13 from the field, which is a great stat. I felt like I wanted to add that in there. And he was 4 of 8 from the free throw line, which I know is 50%. But for Steven, for your center, I think you'll absolutely take that, uh, including some pretty critical ones in the fourth quarter. Also, I want to mention there was no KT tape on his shoulders tonight. I didn't see any more suction cup marks or whatever um, from his from his cupping, which helps relieve soreness and tightness. So I think that's a really good sign as well. That kind of goes with what we're saying, that he, he just looks more healthy on the court. So next, my next positive here, is my beloved, our beloved, Shavante Gilgis Alexander SGA. He's so smooth. He's like, I don't even know how to explain this. Maybe the best way to say this is he's a smooth and almost like a quiet player. And it almost reminds me of KD in that way. And what I mean by that, you know, I I know he had a, a more efficient and aggressive first half than his past, you know, three, four, or five games. But at one point in the third quarter, I looked up stats and I realized that he had 16 points already. And like nothing flashy. It's just very quiet, but necessary, obviously, 16 points. And super beneficial. And I remember doing the same thing for KD all those years. And don't get me wrong, KD would have games where he would just take over and had 40 points. And everybody's talking about how KD took over the game and how great he looked. But there were also games where... He just seemed like he was in the background, wasn't really doing much. And whether I was in the peak, like witnessing it firsthand, or whether I was home, I would look at the, the box score, or I would look at the Jumbotron when I was in the peak. Be like, holy crap, it's the third quarter, and Kevin Durant has 21 points. Like, it doesn't seem like he has 21 points. It seems like he has eight. And it was kind of the same way with Shea. And it's the same way with Shea when he's scoring. It's nothing flashy. But again, super beneficial. Uh, he finished with a career high of 29 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists on 8 of 13 shooting, 1 of 1 from 3. He only took one 3-point shot, but that's okay, um, particularly tonight with how he was able to get it done other ways. And he was 12 of 12 from the free throw line. That's career high in makes 
and a career high in attempts, perfect from the field, and again, a career high in itself of 29 points. That was huge. And I loved how Shea attacked for confidence tonight. He was able to draw fouls. Um, he had confidence in his jumper even when it went at fall. And just the way he was able to take over in overtime, Royce Young tweeted this out. Shea had 11 of the Thunder 70 points in overtime. Like, that's just super exciting for me. It shows that he can actually take over a team, right, at some point. Or he can be that go-to scorer when he needs to be. It may take some work. It'll be some trial and error. I truly believe he can eventually be one of those guys. Now, that's obviously going to help when he gets another one of those guys in the future, right? So once we trade away guys like Gallo and CP3 and some of these veterans, when um, Presley goes out with these draft picks, he's going to have to land some of these to help Shea out with that. He can't just be the go-to guy. I think that's kind of shown uh, so far early on this season, but he can be one of those guys. And I think uh, tonight in overtime is a perfect example of that. Super excited about Shea. I love Shea. I hope he's around long-term because he's just a super fun and uh, efficient, smooth, great player to watch. And I, I really enjoy watching Shea, as you guys can probably tell. Um, he's kind of helping fill that rust-sized hole I have in my heart. <laughs> so I mentioned three of these guys in my positives, but Chris Paul with 30 points, Shea with 29 points, Dennis with 25 points, had a much better fourth quarter in overtime, obviously, so Dennis with 25, Steven with 22 points, and Gallo with 21 points. This is the first time in Thunder history that five players score over 20 points, and per the Thunder organization, they tweeted this out, it's been over 15 years since one team has had five players score 20 plus points in a game. And you know that Sam Presti is loving every bit of that set. And that's pretty awesome. It really is. I mean, imagine having this happen three seasons ago. I mean, uh, we would be ecstatic. Um, so that really is something to celebrate, something that's a really cool stat. And I think just with that happening in general, I think the Thunder deserve this win, tanking or not. So some rapid-fire pauses before I get into your guys' Twitter questions. I'm going a little bit long here. Thunder were 18-30 from the mid-range. Great stat. They were 36 of 40 from the free throw line, which is 90%, something that us Thunder fans are not very accustomed to, and I'll leave it at that. Um, a fun fact I found interesting, when asked about Stephen Adams' pass to Shooter to put the game into overtime, the Hail Mary pass, right? Chris Paul referred to the play uh, on April 23rd, 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 2017, first round of the playoffs against the Rockets. This was Russ's MVP season, where Adams intentionally missed the free throw after telling Russ that he was going to miss a free throw, and then he passed it back to uh, MVP Russ, right? That was the year that he won MVP. Russ hits the three. This puts the Thunder within two, gives him a shot to win this game at home. And CP3 still remembers that play to date, and he used that to compare the, the Hail Mary play tonight to testify to Steven's uh, basketball IQ, which I thought was awesome. So I wanted to go ahead and mention that. Now, you guys sent in quite a few Twitter questions, and I'm very appreciative of that. Please continue to do so. I know sometimes um, when we do our weekly podcast, we don't have time to answer all those. We definitely try and do so when it comes to the post-game podcast. We have a little more time to do so. Um, so I want to try and get through these. The first one comes from John at John Edwin 755 um, which is very similar to another question from Stan SGA. And I can't see he has such a long name, but I can't see his at. Um, Hunter Harjo 7 so John asked, was Stephen Adams' full court pass the best you've ever seen? I feel like it is for me, and I freaking love Shea. And then uh, Hunter asked, what pick does Stephen Adams go in the 2020 NFL draft, and where does he rank amongst the QBs? So these are both pretty good, uh, both referring to that Hail Mary pass, obviously. For John, 
I would agree that Siemens full court pass was absolutely up there with the best I've ever seen. Like, again, I'm doing this just trying to get this out to you guys. So I haven't like done research or anything, but it's the best I can remember. Um, we've seen Steven try to do this in the past. He's had a couple really good ones, but this absolutely hands down, I think was his best. And I can't think of any other ones like this. Um, and a lot of people posting, we're talking about it, a lot of national media and stuff. I don't think they have either. I mean, it was, it was great. I also love Shay, as I talked a lot about earlier on the podcast. So I'm with you, John. And then, um, to answer Hunter's question, uh, I actually made a joke that Stephen Adams was greater than Dak Prescott. I'll leave that at that before Nick comes after me. <laughs> so Hami Dunk Take Baptisms, uh, he actually made his Twitter name after our our Hami Dunk Take thread that we have, which I'm super excited to get going again once Hami gets healthy and back on the court. Um, at weekend, weekend at Brody's, he asked, why is Nader getting so many minutes? Which is a great question. Obviously tonight that was because of injuries. And then I think prior to that, it's because that Nader has performed well, but also like Billy just kind of has this, I don't know, I don't, if, if infatuation is the right word, but just, I think he has a lot of trust in Nader and has seen the potential of Nader maybe at practices. We always hear about how good of a three-point shooter he's been over the past couple of years in practice or the past two seasons, I guess now, and in, uh, in practice. And I think he just hopes that he can continue to develop that shot and bring that out onto the court against NBA talent. But as we know, that's not always the case. And he just almost looks out of control driving to the rim. Um, some nights he's hot and it works, but others, not so much. So I, that, that is my short question for you, um, Hami Dunktank. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely with you. That's another guy in Nader um, that I would like to see some of those shots and some of those minutes go to some other guys eventually here post-trade deadline. Zach Attack. At Zach Sports Show, asked, should Stephen Adams be uh, on the depth chart for the depth depth chart for the Steelers? Uh, Kamiar is a Steelers fan, so he would appreciate this. And yeah, probably so because they are really struggling at the quarterback position, as you guys are very well aware. And the last one we have here is from Nate uh, Strokey at eight at Nate underscore zero twenty seven. He asked, would Shea be averaging twenty five plus points per game if Shooter was not on this team? I think twenty five plus is a Probably pretty aggressive, but he absolutely would be um, averaging more. But I think the biggest thing for that is his development, right? He would have the ball in his hands more. So um, that would kind of fast track his development. And that's something that I hope to see come February or even post-December 15th, I guess next week, when all these players across the league are finally eligible to be traded due to all the madness that happened in free agency this past summer. Um once Shooter does get moved, I hope it's sooner rather than later because that will lead to Shea getting the ball in his hands more and being able to take over more like he did in overtime um, tonight. So hopefully that answers all of your guys' questions. I know that was a little quick, but I've gone a little long here. So I believe that's all I have for tonight's game. Again, that was a really fun one. Thunder now face their longest road trip of the season coming up. They traveled to Portland on Sunday, Utah Monday on a back-to-back, just a brutal back-to-back. Uh, although Portland did just lose Rodney Hood uh, with an Achilles, or if you guys listen to our previous podcast, we always joke around because I used to I accidentally called it a Chili's one time. Good times. Um, anyways, I hate to see that for Rodney Hood, um, but the Blazers are a little banged up, so that could be a game. But they have a back to back the next day again on Monday against Utah. Go to Sacramento on Wednesday, back to the even further West Coast, um, and then back to Denver on Saturday before finally coming home. Uh, we will have you guys covered for all those games. Plus, we have a group pod dropping Monday morning, late, late Sunday night, depending when we uh, get.
get it recorded. So give us a listen wherever you guys listen to your podcast. And if you appreciate what we are doing, we would really appreciate a five-star review. And it could go a really long way for us. So please do so. Uh, we really appreciate it. But thank you guys again for listening, for interacting with us on our Twitter account, on social media. And until next time, thunder up. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.